to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome. Here is a reflective question for you. Do you have the multiplier effect? Meaning, do you inspire and develop the leadership of your staff in order to take on the challenges of your school? Well, today's leader has been labeled a multiplier leader. Meet Martha Mendoza. She's the principal of Dodge City High School in Dodge City, Kansas. In today's episode, we are breaking down what it means to be a multiplier, the leadership actions she takes, and how to avoid being a diminisher. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Principal Martha Mendoza, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am excited too. And I know some people can't see us right now. They're listening to us, but I'm seeing all of these amazing books behind you. And we are going to dig into one in particular I'm seeing. So I'm really excited that that's like teasing me a little bit. (laughs) I'm glad because I'm all about leadership and, you know, anything you put in front of me, I'm going to read. So. Okay, perfect. All right. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into leadership. Yes. Um, my name is Martha Mendoza, as you know, we stated. I am a resident of Mexico. I came when I was about eight years old to the United States and ended up in Kansas out of all states. Um, but Kansas has been extremely good to us, to my family. And so um, I got turned into education when I was eight years old, like I said, when I got here because of my teacher. She's still absolutely the most dearest person in my heart because she just literally uh, opened up a whole new world that I didn't know about. And so she made me believe that I could do anything. So here I am a teacher now. Um, I was the first one in my family to graduate from high school. And so it just opened a a window for me to keep learning. And I've been in education for many, many years as a teacher first, then as a teacher leader, assistant principal, and principal of an elementary. I'm currently in principal of a high school Uh, 6A school. It's about 2,000 students. And so this is my second year there. Fantastic. I want to know, as you have this whole journey, what does leadership mean to you? Well, I I feel like leadership, you know, it's very different for different people. But I feel like for me, uh, there's a quote somewhere that says, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more and become more, you are a leader. So I I feel strongly about it because it's not just about, you know, me doing all these things. It's about a group of us collectively working together and, you know, and, and the educational setting that I'm in, obviously as an educational leader, I feel that collectively with my staff and myself and, you know, and other, other people from outside entities of our community, if we have a vision and we collectively, you know, work on that vision together, that we will be successful. But it's not just what Martha wants. It's basically, you know, all of us wanting to do the work. And uh, just recently, uh, we 
developed our mission and vision in our school because I thought it was evident and necessary that uh, we look to see what kind of high school do we want to create for for our own children, our family, which then, you know, when we when we think about those things that way, uh, it's important for us to to really dream about that that perfect world we want for our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, and we want to create that same space for the children that we we currently have in our school. So it's collectively just working together, making some some commitments, you know, in order for us to be successful and to get to that vision. But I feel like yes, it's it's really inspiring and dreaming and and leading those that you know are going to to go into that journey with you. Yeah, and so those key words about just inspiring others leads me to to go to that book we were talking about at the beginning, and that is the multiplier effect, which yes. I see behind you. But also, you've been called a multiplier in your district. So, what does that mean? Well, you know, I didn't really know that I was a multiplier, but uh, my one of the assistant superintendents, you know, mentioned to me that she felt like I was. And so as I dug into the book, you know, I saw that a lot of things that actually feel good to me to see, because I knew that those were really, to, again, like to get anywhere, you need multiple people to be there with you. But I always felt like there's always a lot of brain power within our staff. I get the privilege of going to different you know, classrooms and seeing the amazing things that happen, but not all my teachers get to see that. So I feel like whenever we have issues, we have problems, which we all do. It doesn't matter the setting uh, or what school district you're in. We always have, you know, some challenges. But I feel like there's enough brain power within our school to really conquer and do something positive about some of those challenges that we face. So to me, uh, multiplier, being a multiplier in my district definitely means that we can overcome issues together. You know, the teachers are in the front lines of mm-hmm. this whole work. And so we have to listen to what they have to say. We have to have them be part of our group, uh, our leadership group, so that we can collectively work together and and come up with some solutions. Yeah. So one of the key takeaways from the book, I did a little research in preparation for our talk. Mm-hmm. Multipliers use 70 to 100% of a person's capabilities. And we're going to talk about the the flip side of that, which are diminishers. And diminishers utilize only 20 to 50% of a person's capabilities. Because of this, leaders who are multipliers get two times more from their people than diminishers. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious, what does the process of, of multiplying look like for you? What types of leadership actions are in place? Well, first and foremost, you know, like I told you, I'm a reader. So I have to continue to strengthen my own my own leadership skills. Um, it's just you know I, I just look for anything and everything so that I could become better and learn more. Um, because if I'm not if I'm not growing myself, then I can't be the leader to help us all grow together. But it's a never ending process, you know. It's um, you have so many amazing people that have done the work, the research, and what a gift that they give us, you know, by actually writing a book and letting us, letting us into their journey of what they did. So, um, yeah, I, I read all the time, but like I said, it's just because I want to make sure that I'm strengthening my own before I can actually lead a group of people. I do lead a large school. So, you know, obviously for me, it's that multiplier effect of making sure that all my assistants are doing the work 
that they're where their strengths are. Uh, it just it just kind of works out. I, I you know it's not like I pinpoint where they need to go. They actually rise up to you know the the challenges or the, or the things that we have to kind of accomplish you know on a, on a yearly basis. And so they they rise up to what their gifts are. And obviously you know from that work, then we have teachers that rise up and help. And whether it's you know being in the build building leadership team, which obviously. To me, it is important for our teachers to um, not select who is in your BLT. I think if people want to be in a building leadership team, they should be able to, to be in it. Uh, I don't think they should be selected because they know their gifts and strengths. And if they feel like they can give you something there, then wonderful. Um, obviously, you know, we always form subcommittees of, of different uh, projects that we're working on. And again, that's another group of people that, you know, tend to lead certain things because they feel just the, that natural essence to go ahead and, and lead in those parts. Uh, obviously, you know, yes, department heads, PLC facilitators, uh, whatever new initiatives we have, teachers do um, have the power to sign up and, and be part of that. Obviously, other uh, people like um, our academic coaches, you know, they have specific strengths to going in classrooms and, and really do wonderful work with teachers, counselors, same, you know, same thing there. They have their own strengths. Um, we just currently revamped all of our counseling um, department. And so right now they're working just as hard as they were last year, but this time it feels a little different because they're really working on what strengths they have and, and given us everything that they have based on, you know, their gifts and talents. So I'm curious, as you're talking, I'm wondering, do people know the strengths within themselves or is there some work you need to do to help them uncover that? Because I I think sometimes we get so locked mm-hmm. into our title and position and we only see that list from our job description and we're hesitant to maybe step outside the box. So what's your discovery process with that to help them uncover that? I sometimes, you know, I think it happened to me a long time ago when I had a leader, you know, they believed in in me and wanted me to, to take more leadership. And I didn't really see myself as a leader but they saw it before I saw it. So I think sometimes that happens and, you know, I can, I can go into a building and within, you know, just a few hours, we can tell who is leading and who wants to lead. But then there's other times that, you know, people surprise you because um, they come out from nowhere and they, they start leading, you know, whatever they're Mm -hmm. passionate about. So I feel like if there are specific projects that need to be done, or we have, you know, something that comes up, I think you have to create the culture so that teachers feel like they, they are empowered, you know, to be able to also lead and, and to, um, to not be afraid to give their opinion. But at the same time, you know, I know I have established a culture in my building where I tell them, you know what, my door's always open because it is. And some people shy away from, from saying that as a leader, but I want my teachers to feel like, you know, I can come to to Martha and talk to her, but I always tell them, I also want you to come with this possible solution. And, mm-hmm. and believe me, it's really, it's amazing how that happens because they do remember that. 
And they always go back, you know, when they come with with a specific uh, challenge and they say, but you said to come with a solution. So this is kind of what I think we possibly might do. And I love that about people, you know, when they come in with that, because then we can really get down and work and try to figure how to best, you know, serve our students and to provide them. Honestly, out, out of all this work, it's all about the students and and what we can do, you know, to to help them and to become better. And obviously for our entire community. Yeah, I love that. Okay, I want to dive a little bit into the book to give people um, kind of a cliff note version of what they might get into when they read. So we talked about that that term diminisher and then multiplier. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a snapshot of what the difference is between the two? And then we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into that. Sure. Um, I think I'll just kind of give you, you know, maybe what a multiplier does versus what a diminisher does. Um, So for example, like a multiplier, we believe that people are smart and that together we'll figure it out. Where a diminisher, they think, you know, nobody's ever going to figure out if I'm not there. And so Mm. there's a big difference between those two. You know, that mindset is is very different between the two. You know, another example a multiplier develops talent, explores challenges, consults. They do all of this before making decisions. And they use a lot of people in their group to be able to come up with that decision. And they also are very supportive. Uh, we're a diminisher. They blame others most of the time. They tell everyone the direction they feel like they need to go. Um, they make the ultimate decision at the end. And obviously control is everything, and which is pretty much the opposite of a multiplier effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noticed that there's there's an accidental diminisher. There's someone who doesn't, like as you're saying those characteristics, and that is a well-intended leader, often following popular management practices, who subtly mm-hmm. and completely unaware shuts down the intelligence of others. And in the book, it goes they do several types of that. So yes. do you want to say anything about the accidental diminisher? I just feel like, you know, with, with the book in mind, like that's probably one of the chapters that I always read the most because you do sometimes accidentally do some things. And so you're not perfect either, but, but if you're well-versed and, you know, you kind of keep just looking at your own leadership and trying to figure out, you know, if, because, you know, let's talk about a little bit of first in order, second order change. I could think, you know, this change is going to be easy. It's, it's not going to really affect anybody. And then it could be completely opposite and people are just losing their mind because that was such a huge change for them. So yes, we, we, that's one of the chapters that I really want to, you know, continue to always visit because sometimes by accident, you, you know, you do something like that and, and you want to make sure that you correct some of those things before they even happen. Yeah, absolutely. So can we dive a little deeper into the multiplier role? The book talks about five disciplines of a Mm -hmm. multiplant manager. Talent magnet. Yes. Tell me about talent magnet. This is basically just attracting, you know, and optimizing the talent that you have. Like I told you earlier, I just feel like there is so much brain power within our, the people in our group. I mean, right now, you know, like I told you, I have a school Mm -hmm. of over 2000, which there's probably around 300 staff members. Yeah. Imagine the brain power behind that. So tapping into that na- those natural talents, no matter who the person is, it doesn't have to be somebody with whatever degree or, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just feel like when you bring a lot of things forward to your staff, 
those talents just naturally come out, I feel. And so that's, that's the first one for sure. As a side question to that, as you're doing recruiting and hiring, is there something you're looking for when you're bringing new people on board? Well, first and foremost, I want them to love kids. Mm. That to me is, you can have the most talented person, but if they are not if they don't like children, that's very hard for me. And so I want students to be loved, to be respected, to be cared for, to be taught, uh, to be believed in. So uh, that to me is the most important. But obviously, then, you know, another part would always be uh, somebody who's a team player and somebody who's yeah. willing to to work collectively with the group to, you know, whatever challenge comes through. But those are probably the top two things that I look for. Great. Okay, the liberator. Tell me about that. Well, in this one, obviously, it's establishing a motivating work environment where people are free to feel like they can, you know, think and bring opinions forward and be able to just do the work. It's hard because sometimes the work is very intense, but you have to make sure that, it, yes, it's intense, but it's a bit comfortable too at the same time. There has to, that fear needs to be removed in order for us to be, you know, creative and, and feel safe to be, you know, to create a sense of, yes, okay, you know what, we, we, we're free to think, we're free to, to, to motivate each other and have a good environment where, yes, things might get intense. And believe me, sometimes in the building leadership team meetings, it does get intense because people are passionate, but I want it that way because yeah. I want them to feel free to be able to just give us their opinion, you know? Yeah. All right. The third one is the challenger. This one basically is just, you know, just bring that challenge to the table. Sometimes we do have to stretch the organization. It's like I told you earlier, it's not easy work, but it's a collective work. And just believing that, you know what, it can be done. Because if, I don't know if you've been around sometimes when people are, are very negative yeah. It's so draining because they don't believe that certain things, you know, can be done or that children uh, right now I have a school that's, you know, 86% Hispanic and sometimes people have certain biases. And so yes. we, you know, we, we can't do that because it is tough work, you know, to be able to all of their whole organization work towards things, but, but just the belief that it can be done, that's half your battle. So true. Okay. The debate maker is the fourth one. So um, for this one, I mean, it's really just being transparent um, when you're operating. Basically, it's it's kind of like, you know, making sure that you have a platform for this debate to go on. You know, again, I'm going to use BLT as a as an example. Yes, it's it's a collective group of leaders. Um, yes, I create it where anybody and everybody can go if they want to. Uh, it doesn't have to be just that selective group. Sometimes our building leadership team meetings have, you know, anywhere from three to 20 guests that come in, which are, you know, staff members, and they also have a voice there. So just being able to, to you know, be to operating that space, be transparent. It's okay to to be, you know, to debate because that's where a lot of the great things, you know, come to light. And and sometimes I might not think of something where another person says, Hey, did we ever think about this part? Oh my goodness. You know, I didn't even think about that, but that's the beauty of, of that part. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The final discipline is the investor. So uh, to me, the investor basically, um, 
this is just that ownership piece, you know? Uh, yes, if I, if I invest it's because I own it too. Um, and obviously as a leader, I have to provide resources for that success to occur, but it's, it has to be, it's all always based on that solid and trusting relationship, you know, with your staff, because if we don't have that excellence is not going to, to occur. I mean, it's just, it's not going to be possible, but I feel like that's definitely a great one too. Okay. So I'm curious now as, as you've been called a multiplier in your district and you've heard about these disciplines, what is your biggest takeaway or reflection as a leader uh, with the multiplier effect? Well, I, you know, there's definitely, um, again, I'm a a person of quotes. (laughs) Um, This quote just resonates with me. The power in people is stronger than people in power. Like I said, I have an, an amazing, you know, group of people in the hundreds, but different people come, you know, from that outside of that group to come in, you know, to help us with certain issues. And and so it's not really about how strong I am as a leader. It's really the power of the people that are there, you know, so much stronger. So I, I always, you know, I have that quote in my office and I just feel like, you know, I need to always reflect on it because it is, it is movement, but it's a, a collective movement that can take us to, to different places. And obviously right now that, you know, mission and vision that we created at our school and those commitments that we have, that is, you know, the power in people. Yeah. Okay. That is incredible. I am loving those final thoughts. So Martha, what we do now as we close up our podcast is we do our fast five. So it gives our audience an opportunity to learn a little bit more about you and Mm -hmm. we end with some fun. So I'm going to just rapid fire these questions and whatever word or sentence comes to your mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. Favorite leadership book. (laughs) I, I simply cannot say one. I'm just I'm just gonna say too many. That's that's okay. basically it. <laughs> I, I had a feeling that one was gonna be a little hard for you. Okay, favorite app. It has to be the uh, Apple Podcast. I um, I walk every night and I just whatever calls me, I just start listening to it and I learn so much from so many wonderful leaders. Yeah. I'm curious, what is a non-educational podcast that gives you great insight? Uh, it must be Oprah's, um, is it Soul to Soul? It's the, mm. um, it's a podcast that she has that just really inspires me outside of education. But I always yeah. end up coming back to, you know, when I reflect, I reflected from, you know, my perspective and my world of education. But yeah, right. it's, it's a great one. Yeah, well, you can't beat the queen, right? Can't no, you beat cannot. Oprah, so, yeah. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> Best Amazon find for work. So this year, we, you know, again, my second year at the high school, I, I felt it was necessary for us to um, to have some some measures, safety safety measures in our school, and so uh, we take we rotate. There's nine of us, you know, leaders in in the school, and so we rotate greeting the students as they come in. And, you know, it's, it's to greet them, it's to get to know them, but it's also to uh, be visible. And so w- we purchased these mobile carts. They're so amazing from Amazon. And uh, we just work in the halls and we greet kids as they come in. And, you know, we start, we, we were out there, we're out there for an entire hour before the bell rings. And so it's a great opportunity 
to get, a, you know, a few things done, emails, et cetera. But at the same time, you know, just welcome the kids with a smile and, and get, yeah. you know, best of both worlds. But those cards are awesome. <laughs> Mm, I love it. Okay. Favorite song to put you in a good mood. Okay. Well, there's two parts to this. The first is to put me in a good mood. I have to go to my roots when I first came to the U.S. So a lot of 70s and 80s music. That's my jam right there. And if I'm cleaning, it has to be Mexican music. <laughs> so. mm. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Last one. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. For sure, I feel like if I could talk to myself back then or to any young leader, uh, it would be please, please, please take care of your body. Your physical and mental state are definitely that should be number one. Being a leader at a school is hard work. It's rewarding work. It's amazing work. But if we don't take care of ourselves, it, it could really cause a lot of issues. And so we, we want to make sure that, you know, anybody that's first year principal, you just stop, hold it, you know, just work will be there tomorrow, but take care of your body, your physical and mental state. Oh, such good advice. Thank you for that. All right. Our last question is if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Um, I'm on Twitter at Mar uh, it's uh, yes, at Martha Mendoza 31. And I love to, follow a lot of great leaders there as well. And so I post a lot of things that are related to just leadership in general. So that would be a great to, you know, get to know some people and, and to share like-minded um, opinions and, and, you know, any creativity, anything that has to do with leadership. I am game to, to connect with people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Everybody go follow her right now. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I truly appreciate it. This was great information. Thank you. I, I am so honored to be on your podcast and I'm going to be listening to all the great people that you're interviewing because you've got, you've got a great thing going here. Thank you so much. A big thank you to Principal Martha Mendoza for sharing great insight. I hope you can take what she shared and reflect on your own leadership. Make sure to connect with Martha on social media and tag us with any takeaways you had. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.